It's January 28th, 2015, and you're listening to the Beer Temple Insiders Roundtable. Remember this is what we said To never be heard or seen from again, 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 again Remember this is what we wanted Remember this is what we said To never be heard or seen from again, 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 again Hello and welcome to the Beer Temple Insiders Roundtable. I'm your host, Chris Quinn, and I am, as always, here at Studio B of the Co-Prosperity Sphere. Uh, thanks, as always, to Lumpen Radio uh, for having us on, and in particular, Logan Bay. Um, hopefully you cheer up a little bit today, Logan, but we forgive you. You've got a lot of work to do. Anyway, uh, for those of you new to the show. The goal of the roundtable is to open up a window into how the people making, selling, marketing, and facilitating the beer, getting into your glass, feel about the topics that are a part of their everyday lives. Many of my greatest beer experiences have been talking about beer while sharing beer with people whose opinions I respect and admire, and it's these experiences that I hope to capture with the Insider's Roundtable. And uh, with my normal disclaimer that the people here are expressing their own opinions and not necessarily the opinions of anybody else that they are affiliated with, I will get to the introductions. But not before I comment that we have a, uh, I was going to say peanut gallery, but that's kind of degrading, but it, it, I don't mean it to be. Um, we've got some people here watching. Uh, one uh, one guy, uh, Josh, I believe, from uh, Austin, Texas, uh, visiting and and donated some beer so we're, we're drinking some uh some delicious beers so uh cheers to you out there thank you very much i think he's on a delay because he's not quite responding to me <laughs> um but uh yeah so that that's that's really cool we've got uh, a few people here uh sitting in with the show today um but let's uh, we have to go in order of seniority i think it's only fair that we introduce people in order of uh Seniority, so that would that would mean your first, you mean, Mr. Edmar. You mean the oldest guy, the the seventy nine year old Korean Polish man, uh, first um, all the time. I didn't. I mean, I didn't it mean age, it that way. It's age before beauty. I I, 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 I meant in terms of uh, how many times you've been on the show. Oh, oh, I see. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, Chris. What's yeah. up, guys? And then, <laughs> and then you know, counting how many times you've just. Uh, jumped in jumped in on the yeah. show well then i definitely I mean, have the record here yeah for sure yeah so it's how good you to been be ed do it great good to see you man yeah what's new just kind of freaking out about um all the stuff that's happening here in the community of the future mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. met a man today who brought a a truckload of uh maple wood that from a 200 year old tree out of his family's farm in wisconsin Okay. That was felled by an Amish family who just got their pickups, attached some chains to them, and dragged the sucker down. Then they hauled it away, mm-hmm. milled it. I'm killed, still waiting to killed it. find out why he's here. In, he dropped off some wood Bridgeport. that we're going to... Well, you know, Bridgeport is oh, a for, center for, for... beer? Traditionally a center for logging and, and all kinds of uh, oh, different right. industries. Mm-hmm. 
so long ago fur trapping all, yeah. all sorts of stuff yeah mm-hmm. trading you know trading with uh native peoples um, yeah you know there was a fire in chicago that hmm. was here one year too well that type of activity happens i meet people with wood <laughs> okay yeah cool and jump around and go to various buildings that need repair yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. and you were telling me yeah like Every time I talk to you, there's something else crazy going on. I'm like, where did this happen? And you're like, oh, right there where you're standing. Like, <laughs> it's yeah. always something crazy. Yeah. Um, how's the, the future? Yes. Yeah. How's the How's the brewery going? Going really well. We're getting some uh, great feedback from our engineers and architects. Realizing things are harder than we imagined. It is difficult to remove two to three thousand square feet of one uh, hundred year old old growth flooring. From a building, <laughs> and then growth and then engineer uh, steel structure to uh, maintain the same structural integrity as the whatever one thousand pieces of wood holding things together. The good thing is that um, there's people who specialize in doing that sort of thing, so you don't have to do it all on your own. Yeah, I was watching so many YouTube videos about this. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, how to build uh, brewery. Yeah. Hmm. No, just dismantle a 125-year-old warehouse. Yeah. Not many YouTube videos out there about that, guys. There's a couple in Shenzhen, China. Okay. Uh, that were produced uh, and probably shot in England, but mm-hmm. were in Chinese. And then there's a couple of, uh, I guess, um, demolished homes in, in the south <laughs> that um, I watched okay. in real time. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Good well, times. Good, I mean, good luck. You know, I'm learning a lot about wood. Okay, yeah, in, in all sorts of ways, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. good. So I need that. Yeah, it's good. To We're going to be one of the first bit. breweries that used reclaimed wood in their beers. In their beer, yeah, and it'll be conditioned in the former marijuana growing room. It'll be the first marijuana growing room re- reclaimed wood conditioned beers hmm. in the world. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Marijuana growing room. Uh, you got to... Conditioned. Marijuana growing room conditioned. Conditioned barrels. Reclaimed wood barrels. from. So the growing room was made out of wood. Oh, yeah. Okay. Is this somewhere around here? Was there a marijuana yeah. growing room? This, now, we're not talking medicinal. This is straight up underground the black we, market the, stuff. The building right? that we bought, we believe, had... On the second floor, an illegal fight club gym for Eastern European guys into techno. Which was... <laughs> Which was guarding. I love that you, you have, it's so specific, yet it's just a belief. All the, no, we have clues. Yeah. The, the CDs, the, okay. the massive amount of freeway gym equipment, the clothing, the boxing area, the fighting area, people pooping in buckets, lots of junk food. And on the third floor is, is a maze-like rooms with cement poured onto the floor. All the windows um, blocked off with cement blocks mm-hmm. and cement blocks rooms. And if you look up, there are hundreds of outlets on the ceiling. Ah. And in one corner of the room are like 200 growing tables. Huh. And this building, Big also, space. this building also had new electrical put in there to power a nuclear power plant. <laughs> power a power plant. Yeah. <laughs> so they're, they're supposed power, to be self-sustaining. That's yeah. a pretty crappy... Yeah. So what I brought, I brought anyway. some friends in. They, we all figured out what it was. There's drains in the floor, growing yeah. room. They estimated that someone there made $12 million a year growing that illegal marijuana. Mm. 
and that's why we which think, was just a side gig yeah for, for the eastern european fight, fight club. club exactly yeah, yeah. you and, get one of those dj gigs there and speaking of which the Good basement money. the basement mm-hmm. did host raves Okay. There was all kind of raver fredilia. Well, we're ten minutes in. We yeah. I don't think we mentioned anything directly about beer yet. We talked about your brewery. Oh, we did, but for a second, yeah, yeah. But well, hey, but, yeah. let's move on. Yeah, Chris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, we can we can talk about this later over yeah. uh, Italian beef. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, okay. listener. So that's the uh, the elder statesman of the show in terms of appearances, not in terms of of years Thank uh, you. necessarily. I don't mind being seventy nine years old. Yeah. Um, uh, but we've got two first timers. I'm very excited. Up first is uh, Doug Valicki. He is the beer aficionado. Thanks for coming on. Why don't you give a little introduction? You're kind of. I was looking at your Instagram. We're showing somebody your your Instagram today. You've got quite the Instagram following, but you've got a whole bunch of other stuff like beer cruncher and sure. stuff like that. Yeah, well, How are all, you, by the way? Doing great. Thanks for having yeah, me on. Yeah, I really yeah. appreciate the opportunity. Um, so I've been working in the industry in more of an indirect role for about seven years now. I work in distribution, um, but not in a sa- sales or marketing hands-on role like a lot of people we've heard from. But, um, you know, I, I run our internal audit department, so um, my team's responsible for kind of building, maintaining, and uh, checking in on the internal controls of the company, which are, you know, all the mechanisms, all the processes that ensure the financial results being reported up are, are accurate. So um, it's, you know, I've been involved in, in it for a while, been around the industry, gotten to see it evolve, gotten to see craft become more and more um, a part of it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, maybe three, four years ago, that, that's where I really turned into someone who would always choose craft but was never, you know, diehard, as diehard about it. And uh, I wanted to come up with my own way of getting to know more people in Chicago and, uh, and, and really anywhere and uh, that have the same passion as me. So I just decided one day I was going to start an Instagram account. Mm-hmm. Um, not too far into it, I um, started putting in a putting in a prop or, or doing something with the beer, something going on in the background that kind of matched the name, the label, or the artwork on the, on, sure. on the beer. And uh, just after doing that a couple times, got a, an incredible amount of feedback of people mm-hmm. just loving it. So it just all the feedback kind of kept me wanting to keep doing it and kind of wanting to take it far farther and farther. And, uh, you know, my wife is very into photography, so she's got some nice equipment. I decided, hey, you know, I want to learn to use this, too. So I've kind of just invested in continuing to learn Photoshop photography and using that as kind of my means to celebrate the industry, celebrate what all the you know craft breweries are doing around the country. And uh, it, it's it's taken off more than I could have oh ever imagined. Oh, my gosh. It's, and, it's uh, unbelievable. The best part about it is just all the people I've met because I started that, you know, just the people I run into now recognize me, all the conversations that have started and just led to friendships, led to relationships. Yeah. It's been great. So um, through that time, um, you know, working in distribution, my, the focus of my job has become more and more reliant on data mm-hmm. systems and what you can use that, how you can use that data to make your job easier, make your job more efficient. And uh, just my love of craft beer, my everything I've been doing on Instagram has made me wonder, you know, take a look, a hard look at what data is out there that industry folks can use that, that, that they aren't already aware of. And, and there's a lot of it. And there's already people out there testing the waters in different, in different areas. And I think we're going to talk about some later. But mine that I've tried to focus, is on, focus in on is what can you extract out of Instagram mm-hmm. and, what, and what can you learn about it? Well, what can and, you and extract what, and learn? Well, tell me. Sure. Um, uh, so one thing I've been just playing around with, first of all, is kind of 
uh, identifying every brewery that's in uh, each state and using the Brewers Association database to, to get your starting point. The, the 4,100 mm-hmm. or so breweries, taking those and then going in. And I've found some, some tricks to, to help with mapping their, their name to what their actual Instagram handle is. Mm-hmm. And then you can play around with the Instagram API and pull out their stats. And then you can use analytics software to pull out other stats like use, every single use of the craft beer hashtag what what who was tagged in it what was the description and you can use that to run searches and, and come up with a lot of interesting stuff and like do create matrix matrixes right and right. or matrixy i don't know the word but it's uh yeah and kind of come up with correlations between it too it's yeah. pretty cool and, and and i just i feel like there's a a, a, a countless number of tools mm-hmm. that the industry could use that they could that could never be built right now because of a, a problem that 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 exists that is the data isn't connected uh, you take the 4,100 breweries, and they use a combination of over 3,000 distributors. Mm-hmm. Those 3,000 distributors uh, distribute in different counties, and then those counties have you know whatever retailers in there. That that is not connected. It's anywhere. not normalized there's, in there, any way. There, yeah. There's no way to use that, and and I think there's uh, eventually somebody's gonna gonna do the legwork and keep up with it. You think? And I think that's gonna be able to power a. a power different apps that, that could never possibly exist right now well it's kind of uh the system was built like that and kind of fragmented for a reason right on purpose i mean going all the way back to prohibition everyone was kind of it seems to me as the more i look into it they wanted to create their little you know fiefdoms you know they wanted to consolidate and kind of keep everybody out and put up their walls and they kind of built their own systems for doing whatever uh and and also there's just not a well, would you say that there's a natural need to have, uh, kind of, well, I'm calling it normalized data, other than for, you know, I think there needs to be a. Stuff? I think it'd be advantageous to have a systematic way to know what where every beer is available. Right now, there's no way to do that, and with uh, you know, again, if we discuss uh, you know untapped later and, and and how that could be beneficial to them, we can get into it more. But having that understanding of literally mapped where every brewery's beer is available, some people have attempted to do that. There's yeah. a seekabrew.com, which is crowdsourced. Yeah. It's it's relying on a spreadsheet that anybody can go in. <clears throat> I don't know if they can edit it, but they can make suggestions. But it's relying on what people tell them, and it's only getting you to the state level. Right. And if they send one keg a year. Uh, that could that could all, all of a sudden trigger that this beer is available in this state when it really isn't. So it's not really getting you mm-hmm. too far down the road. Sure. Yeah. Um, I'm just thinking now the, the wheels are turning slowly and I'm hearing them kind of creak. I'm like, okay, pretty cool. <laughs> very cool. Um, well, very, very exciting. Um, I'll say it again at the end of the show, but f- for anyone out there, you should definitely follow the at beer aficionado instagram account it's pretty cool how long before we move on how, like on average how long does it take you to put together so let me so uh you do kind of uh, uh pictures that are in some way derivative of the beer but also have the beer in them often anyway um and they're they're pretty uh well orchestrated and staged um pretty complicated how long on average or is there an average time even that it takes you to do a, one of these pictures. Sometimes, sometimes it's like sometimes the the ones that get the, the the best results are just the simplest ones that might have a, a prop in it. The, the the picture, and I've posted it twice, and both times it's gotten 
caught 30% more likes than any other picture in three years of doing this. And that was one I did of Hop Slam two years ago with, uh, I got a Hulk Hogan action figure from the 80s that where his, <laughs> his, his hands could raise above his head. And I got the bottle to rest perfectly on his hands. And then I just took it on my kitchen table, took the picture immediately, posted it. It took two minutes. Um, there are other times where I've tried to learn how to use uh, animation by taking a, a series of photos that are almost like a video, almost like yeah, a GIF. Yeah, I've seen them. And mm-hmm. so I've just started getting into that. Those, of course, could take two hours. I, I kind of have my limits. I have a family. Right. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So uh, I, I try to, I, I don't go too crazy on making sure they're perfect, but I, I, I try to say, you know, how can I get this close enough in a short period of time? So I'd say the most I've ever spent on one is probably about two hours. Two hours. Okay. Very cool. But the one that took you five minutes is is the most. That's awesome. how it usually works. Yeah, yeah. right. Uh, and moving right along, we've got Mr. Adam Smith, also first time to the show, and you are. The, so one of the reasons I wanted to have you on, Mr. Smith, is in addition to being a really friendly, gregarious, and engaging uh, person, is you are green, man. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. It's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I just thought it would be cool. I was telling someone, uh, so how long have you, so let's, let's, let's mm-hmm. get it, not get through it, but let's let everyone know who you, <laughs> who you are. my crap. No, 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 no. No. no, let's let everyone know who you are. So you are, well, you introduce yourself. Okay. Uh, Adam Smith. I'm with Maplewood Brewery and Distillery. We're in Logan Square and um, I've been with them for two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> and what do you do for them? So I'm the brand manager and uh, brewer. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, I not. love that combination. It's great, yeah. and you can only get that in a small brewery. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, the guys are, are amazing for allowing me to do that. Um, so I did uh, soul crushing corporate work for uh, eleven years. Okay, I worked in a call center and uh, tried to enroll students into online school. Okay, and I did that for eleven years. Oh. Yeah, and I homebrewed during that time. That's why you're so friendly and don't mind when people are like maybe standoffish or anything with you, and you're just like, oh, cool. Maybe Not that so. I am with you, maybe but, so. yeah. yeah you, well, you've we've been had t- our moment. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. But you were telling me about some some incidents uh, yeah. just in the past couple of days, and you were sure. and just the way you were describing what you said, I was like, wow, that guy just lets it roll off his back, man. That's pretty cool. That's impressive. Yeah, I try. Um, we're gonna see if we can have that not happen. Yeah, okay. really, really upset you. All right, um, not get you angry, more just get you like sad. You know what I'm saying? Like really break oh, through that. Come smile. on, man. all right, fine. Come I won't. on, we'll just have fun. Never mind. Be sad. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, I've been doing sales for two weeks, uh, just going around to accounts. Uh, I, my background is, you know, I did phone sales. So yeah. and before that, I did commission sales for a musical instruments, like a, a guitar center type place. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, well, so yeah. did get the sales experience there. And I know a lot about beer from home brewing. And I did go to Siebel as well. Uh, not the full master brewer program, but the I concise did the course. concise course. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, I tend, know I, I like to think that I know my stuff. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the rest your beer. Yeah. I mean, your homebrews taste good. Yeah, that I thank had you. Anyway. Yeah, thank you. So we're gonna. I think it's really, really exciting that uh, uh, Adam, the the brewer, and Ari, uh, the distiller over there, the co co owners, co founders of uh, Maplewood, are allowing me to do some pilot stuff. You know, bring cool. in some homebrew, and they're like, yeah, 
course we can do that. So we're going to start a sour program now because I brought a sour beer that they liked, you know? Cool. So. I was talking, um, just earlier tonight with, uh, Eric Capron from uh, half acre mm-hmm. brewing. Who's been on the show a couple times yeah. about the show. And, um, he, uh, had very nice things to say about you, Doug, and he loves you, Ed as well. <laughs> and I was telling you about you. Adam, I don't care what and, they say about you, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> You're all right. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know where that was going at first, but yeah. I like how it ended. Uh, but we were we we're talking about how cool it would be if you know if this show goes on for for a while, and you know you come on a whole bunch to like look back oh, in will. a couple of years <laughs> to like you know this is right when he first started. So I, I thought that was kind, kind of, of cool. Maybe almost embarrassing. No, no. I'll listen back and be like, Oof. it's like looking know. at your high school pictures or something. <laughs> Well, just remember, yeah, whatever you say, like, I'm going to be embarrassed yeah. by this. No, don't think that. No, you'll be fine. I'll try. Um, well, well, thank you thanks for, uh, having for coming me. on it, and, and thanks to everyone. Uh, well, I say we just move move right along and get into the what beers we're, we're digging lately. Edmar. Oh, I thought you were going to skip that. Oh. Because we're going to be killing time here with my 10-minute introduction. We'll just make it fast. I thought you were well, trying you know, to seg me. You know what? This is... Uh, what I'm, beers are you kind of into? I'm just kind, so it can be quick. Well, I'm yeah. kind of freaking out on the, <laughs> on the Mango Jungle Boogie that we just put out. Yeah. And then mm. we just re- also released this collaboration that we did with Paul McGee from Lost Lake and Cherry Circle Room and Chicago Athletic Association. And that's a great tropical pale ale. The tropical yeah. notes come from the yeast. So you'll have some later. Yeah, yeah. There's some right here, right? Yeah, someone's yeah. gonna have to pour yeah. me some. Yeah. Here, I'm gonna hand my glass over, and someone yeah. can fill it up for me. Um, very cool, very cool. Yeah, that mango boogie's good. Mm-hmm. How about you, Doug? Anything you've had lately that you like? Um, this week, I've been working through a six pack of uh, Alley Time from Spiteful. Yeah, and then uh, oh, yeah. so that's just a regular rotation for me. So that's what I've been drinking. And then I, I recently got some of the new cans from Tired Hands in. I've only gotten to try one. So far, but they're um, mosaic to a little dry hopped uh, pale ale. Yeah. Um, so I tried it once, really liked it. Um, so uh, that's that's pretty much what I've been working on. We're blasting through this. This yeah. is amazing. Yeah. But you, Adam. <laughs> well, since uh, I've been slinging the maple wood, I've been drinking their beer pretty much all day. The uh, Azaka Morris is their IPA. That's a good beer. That's tasting pretty good. I like the brownie points, the brown ale. Have you had that one? No. I brought it. You can try it today. Okay. But uh, we brought, um, uh, my wife and I bought uh, Otraves. We bought a six-pack mm-hmm. of that, which was... Yeah, the Goza from yeah. Sierra Nevada with yeah. cactus mm-hmm. and grapefruit, I think. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, we bought that, yeah. like that. Uh, oh, and uh, Azaka from Founders. Okay, well, yeah. yeah. I had to see what that tasted right. like, yeah. Um, I didn't give my beer last week because we just got so into everybody else's passions, but... Uh, one that uh, it, it reminds me of, uh, you reminded me of it, uh, Adam, when you were talking about the Otraves from Sierra Nevada. Mm-hmm. It's the Citradelic from New Belgium. Yeah. People have been asking me, um, just customers or um, like uh, some media people have been asking me, like, oh, what, to, oh, what to look out for in 2016. So I've been thinking a lot about it. And there's a couple of things. And one of them, I think, or two of them are, are wrapped up in that beer one i think um the fruited ipa this is going to be the year of the fruited ipa man i mean I, i'm i'm glad that ballast point got their year in with the grapefruit sculpin they, mm-hmm. they kind of set the the groundwork for it pineapple now too 
Right, and they're going to be doing, and they're also going to be doing, I think, Mango Even Keel, their session IPA. Oh boy, I don't like. Uh, yeah. Oof. So, what? Uh, so, and it, it, it those guys can <laughs> brew no wrong. <laughs> <laughs> brew no wrong. Um, and it's uh, yeah. So, uh, and just this week, I've gotten in. Um, I got Schlafly's, or it might have been last week. Schlafly's grapefruit IPA. Green Flash has a tangerine IPA. Mm-hmm. There was the Citradelic, which is an orange and orange peel IPA uh, from New Belgium. There was also, um, man, who else has? Oh, uh, Victory has a agave grapefruit, I think, mm-hmm. uh, IPA. Um, they're coming out all over the you know, all over the place. I don't know if anyone else knows of any. You, you know, what happened in. is they all probably were watching uh, Takeshi secret blog and noticed him using fruit in Brazil the whole past year. Oh, really? Yeah, is that they, what it is? Yeah, because people, you know, Takeshi's an innovative genius. <laughs> is Who is Takeshi? I, I thought you heard about Takeshi. I can't pronounce his last name, but he, we met him in um, Denver, gosh, a couple years ago. Brazilian brewer? He No, a Japanese guy who's been traveling all over the world doing some... Um, collabs and residencies all over and we saw him he came through and did a beer with us called the the imperial umami stout and then he said he was going oh right right then he said he was going to brazil to brew and then he didn't brew just went and hung out he just was experimenting with some fruit for a while (laughs) nuts all right but he did have a weird blog where he talked about putting fruit in ipas well i mean it's not it's not a new thing i know tyranina has their uh scurvy ipa and i think people have been adding fruit to the beer, certainly for for Ever. a very long time, yeah. but I think last year was the first year where it, like something blew up with with the geeks, especially where it was just flying in that citrus yeah. fruit, and uh, so uh, I think Citradelic is the best of the bunch that I've had so far. It's really Whoa. good. Now that's intense, Chris. Aroma jumps out of the glass, um, and it's it's not like a fruit soda. That's kind of a beer. It's a IPA all the way, just really intense, fruity, super light, lighter than you think it would be. You think it's going to be this kind of sticky, nectary IPA, but it's it's really light. And uh, it, I think I may like it more than Grapefruit Sculpin. Do it's they, really good. Do it's they really say good. what the hot bill is on that? Citra and a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, yeah. So uh, so I, I think there's two things that I think you should look out for that are... Um, that you can that that beer represents and, and one it's the fruited IPA and it's two that these bigger you know old school quote unquote craft brewers um, you know they're not ready to be put out to pasture yeah. they are going to come back and like oh this is what the kids are drinking well why don't you try this one oh, yeah. and and doing it really well and, and, and Sierra's doing it too and blow their I mean minds. their tropical IPA is amazing yeah. that just came out yeah. and I think you're going to be seeing a lot of that this year. Um, you know, I think in the past when the guys got a little bit bigger, they got really kind of safe. And I think Sam Adams certainly does that. They're uh, oh, Rebel, they grapefruit, Rebel yeah. Raw. Yeah, of course they do. Yeah, Rebel Grapefruit. Um, and I had the Rebel Raw on the show here. I was really excited for it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I just, I thought it was so... Bland? Blah. It was so just like middle of the road, just like... I went everywhere to try to find it. Oh, really? I went to like 10, 15 different stores. And really? Nobody had it. Really? Sweet. I know one store you didn't go to always. I, I did. Wasn't there. And we had it. We had it until it went out of code. Because it only had a 35-day shelf life, and then we t- pulled it. 
Oh. Yeah. So maybe yeah. you weren't there at the right time. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe you were. Maybe not. Um, but Chris, you know, you bring up a great thing that a brewery <laughs> like New Belgium could come out and say, hey, here we are. Here's our flag. We can kick your ass. We rule. We still make great beer. Yeah. And that's a nice thing. I think you're going to see that a yeah, lot. I like that. They I'm don't make a. That. They generally don't make a big IPA that they're known for either. Rangers, yeah. Rangers. Right? I mean, Rangers, Rangers good, good for for what it is, yeah. but I they're mean, not known for that by any means. No, no. But that's cool. Yeah. So that was uh, that. That's my pick. And and the the cool thing about the Citradelic is, I mean, it's available mm-hmm. in a lot of places. So if you're listening go go pick one up or try it on draft or something it's it's surprisingly good yeah it's really good um so that's mine we're uh half hour in but let's uh let's just get right into it i say um so uh well do you want to talk about your thing or do you want to oh you add mean, or do you want to you want to bring up this whole a new this beer connect thing that just popped up yeah. in my universe. I, I was telling you right before we went on sure. the show yeah. that I do like ninety five percent of the topics, and if somebody has a topic that they want to talk about, yeah, go for it. Sure. So you you found this today, right? Yeah. Well, actually, there's someone from this um, this company called uh, Beer Connect, and he, I believe her name is Brandy. Contacted me today because I probably saw an email from her and just blew it off, right? And essentially, this new company based out of San Diego is like a tech startup, I believe. And they're um, allowing brewers to directly ship their own beers to consumers anywhere in the country. So, in effect, if you own a brewery anywhere, if you have class, I think in Illinois, class three license, they've figured out a way for you to directly ship your beer to consumers anywhere in the majority of the United States. So, someone from this place contacted you yeah okay and then you sent me a a video that they yeah. like a sales yeah. video and let's play that because it's really awesome. beautiful oh you're gonna play it yeah let's just you can just hear the audio it's wonderful okay. it's like two minutes you ready yeah yeah cool all right we're gonna go off mic now no we know okay. you make great craft Good. Beer. Ooh. Man, people love it. <laughs> the problem is local distribution networks are limited Shelf space is expensive, and it's almost impossible (laughs) to reach customers from all over the U.S. and around the world. So, would you agree that your sales aren't what they could be, especially in comparison to having a worldwide reach and distribution? What if you could increase your distribution? What if you could reach customers from all over the world? How much do you think your sales would increase? 50%? 100%? 500%? Welcome to the Beer Connect. 50 million The Beer Connect percent. is an online marketplace for craft breweries to sell their beer directly to consumers online. You create your own digital storefront with all of your products, and we handle the rest. The Beer Connect allows you to sell your product 24-7, 365 days a year. Imagine generating sales in your sleep. Waking up to the order in your email, and all you have to do is print a label and I imagine that all the time. Did we mention the customer pays for shipping? Simply snap a picture of your product or upload the label artwork, write a description, and post it on your Beer Connect storefront. We instantly connect you with millions of customers from all over the U.S. and world that are looking to enjoy your craft beer. 
When customers buy your products using our secured payment gateway, you will receive an order directly to your email. Then, all you have to do is print the sh- So, yeah. yeah, you get it. We get the idea. Yeah. So the video is really cute. I designed it. Very that. pro and very awesome. But Some money was put into the video, for sure. Yeah, they obviously, they, they have a budget to mm-hmm. make something that's robust where you can come up and make your own micro shop, your own storefront, post beers, do whatever. And on the first page is 21st Amendment already signed up. Really? Yeah, if you look at who, what you could buy, you already see 21st Amendment. Mm-hmm. Uh, gosh, I'm sorry. Uh, you see 8-Wired, Abita. Okay. Um so you can yeah. acoustic ales like and there's another 70 different pages to look at to shop beer for. So, um what what's your thoughts on it, Ed? Well, first I'm like cuz I know my thoughts. You know, well first my and, thought was and like the way I'm saying it, you can already like, tell what my thought is. Well, I first like this is when I spoke to her I'm like this is not this can't be legal. There's <laughs> yeah, just no right? way this is legal. And um, then I started thinking, and like, no, we provide the boxes, we provide the, you know, the UPS uh, stickers, the printing stuff. They're really they're set up to provide everything you need to ship your stuff or just do this. They send you the boxes. Yeah. So the one thing I thought about the material, about, the material ship the beer in the UPS account, everything. So essentially, what, what, what happens is they uh, have an online storefront that you have access to. A customer. Orders from you and from somebody else. They order from from uh, Maplewood, yeah. and they order from yeah. uh, you know and beer aficionado, and they <laughs> order from everybody. And then you each get your own little order, but you've already been sent. Um, act, well, you have access to a UPS account, and you've been sent packing materials essentially. And you just have to. Um, you've been. You wake up, and you just start you've been, packing. You've been dreaming. About packing. About making sales while you sleep. Mm-hmm. Lo and behold, your dreams have come true. Yeah. So here's the one thing is, though, yeah, you, they, um, about, what do they say? Like, getting sales, but they don't talk about... Um, Labor and call. Yeah, and ni- like, yeah, yeah, fulfilling anything. Yeah. So you have to fulfill the order. Yeah, absolutely. Which so, sounds easy, but it's the hardest part. No, it's the worst thing. I can't even mail a letter, put a stamp on it, and walk <laughs> a block down the block. Right, so right. I knew this wouldn't work for me, necessarily. Right, but I want to investigate it because if it is yeah, yeah, true, yeah. because I think it can help a lot I of wish, people. I wish Ashley was here, Ashley be- Brandt. Yeah, because let's, they, let me let me just check. I did reach yeah, out to him, be- so keep talking. Yeah, I'll because see the he- thing is, apparently, you can use the wine winery distributor thing license. So, if you want to, so, who told you that? This, this on the website. You, this website says here are all your permits that you get to fill out. Here are all the. Did the woman you talked to... Beer shipping laws in your states. It's all listed here. You no, no, I, I know, I know. But she suggested that we get our own legal um, <laughs> counsel, of course. There you go. Yeah, but apparently the wine industry has been using this of course. winery shipper's license to do their little wine clubs yes. and sending stuff to people for whatever, decades. Right, yes, yes. doesn't yes. seem to me like there should be a problem to allow brewers to do the same thing. Um, so who wants to go first? Anybody or should I? Go for it, Chris. Go? Okay. Um, so, it, to me, I just don't think it's legal. So, I looked at it, and I was like, whoa, this is cool. And they have a thing like, look at the shipping laws, or, or um, apply for a shipper's license in your state. And they have every state. And, like, yeah, every state intense. links to that. I'm like, oh, so somebody put some, some time in. 
everyone that I saw said winery, mm. winemaker. And if you look, and I have poured through at least the Illinois. Illinois is the one I clicked first. And because and I was like, is there something I don't know? Um, uh, winemakers can sell direct. Um, and a lot of these legalities, a lot of this terminology is very specific to wine. It doesn't say alcohol. It doesn't say beer, wine, spirits. It says wine. So I, unless you're, you're going to tell someone that a barley wine is a wine, I think you are potentially could be in trouble. Yeah. Well, I think she mentioned that they're working on some sort of legislation or form or process for beer. In every state? Yeah. Well, at least in our state, and they haven't provided this these guidelines yet. But it's something that's in progress, and that's why we need Ashley. Ashley, you got to call in right yeah, now, man. baby. Come on, Ashley. Just call in, baby. Come on. So that was my that was an interesting thing because I'm sure there are other websites out there that want to do this. Now, of course, we've seen other sites that are doing. You know, you could use the app and ship some beer. What's that one thing that's they have like a storefront down in Wabash? Who? What? You know, the whole the beer store where you can get awesome beer and snacks delivered to you within an hour. Instacart. Not Instacart. Come on, Chris. Postmates? No, it's like a cute name, like Owl Buddy. What is it? What is oh, it, Logan? is it the Cut Penguin <laughs> like, like, thing? Penguin, like... What is it, Cut Cut Cat? Oh. Oh, it's Foxtrot. Yeah. These guys are an amazing <laughs> store. <laughs> I'm, they're based on based in Wabash, right? Oh, man. So Foxtrot is a, is a retail outlet. But it's also an app. <laughs> yeah, I tell me all about this place. Ed. You know, I don't know. I don't know much about the app, but no. A, but there are a lot of. Aren't there a lot of apps like this? Didn't we? Bring there this are. Up? There are a lot of apps was, like that. What, are, what is the other one that we were talking about? Like well, back, like back in the sixties. Yeah, like no, a million of them. One like uh, Drizzly. That's I think, a Drizzly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Drizzly ones, but that's different. That's local. This is, and it's from a retailer. <laughs> Going to a consumer, consumer, which, you know, in every other line of work, it wouldn't matter if the producer is selling to the end guy. But, I mean, Doug, you're in yeah. distribution. I mean, this is way outside the three-tier system, and there are specific exceptions made for brew pubs and stuff, and that's mm-hmm. when you're there. But I mean, my, my first reaction when I read about this or watched the video was it reminded me of Daily Fantasy Sports, where... Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of really smart people uh, got together and, and got a legal team to come up with an argument, without maybe getting someone to weigh the other side of the argument, and they're just running with it, and they'll get away with it for a little while. Once it picks up enough steam, one state, like this happened in New York with the Daily Fantasy right. Sports, said this isn't legal, and they yeah. totally shut it down, and then other states follow. I could see something similar happening, or maybe only only it only takes one. And then they have just have to go to FedEx or UPS and shut this down. So Right. I, if you go to UPS or whoever they use and say, shut this down, then it's boom, over, yeah, done. Right. Well, my advice to these guys would be to partner up with a retailer in each state to provide the actual legal uh, right. um, but even recourse. Then to do so. There goes the margin. There goes your margin. And mm-hmm. then you're now, but, but oh. a retailer can't accept product directly from the producer, from the brewer. Like if I'm Beer Temple, I can't get twenty first. Well, I no, I can't. I well, can't get twenty first amendment directly. Distributors can sell it to you directly. Look, not across state lines, right? I don't 
no, really. not across. Yeah. So, sure. so like, so you're telling me, Ed? Just let's just, here's the sniff test, right? Yeah. You can't. Let's say you live in Mars is in Hammond and and not in Chicago. And like, it, and it will be someday. Yeah, sure. Right. <laughs> so you're just right over the bridge. Like, yeah. Drew Drew Fox is going to be on the yeah. show in, in a couple weeks uh, from 18th Street yeah. Self Distro in Indiana. Yeah, he cannot distribute here in. Certainly not self-distribute here in Illinois. He has to get a distributor. So he Which couldn't is... sell to a licensed retailer directly. He could not ship me beer. But if a consumer went online and, and clicked, I'm not saying now, let me just say, I'm not saying that he shouldn't be able to. I'm just saying that uh, if this was legal, people would have been doing it a long Time ago, I think. I think just somebody like you were saying, Doug. It's just like, well, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Like, no, people, I, yeah. I think this is that is the that is the California way, the Silicon Valley, the startup way, the kind of like Web five thousand point oh ways. Let's just set up this juggernaut of activity, and we'll just keep pushing. And that's how the Ubers did their thing. That's how all these big unicorn companies do it. So, someone out there in San Diego. Has been thinking about this and wants to be the, the the beer internet beer unicorn and God God bless you guys and uh, I know you might be listening right now and I just wanted to bring up the fact that your idea is fantastic and I hope that you figure out a way to to make it work and if you want you know when we have our telephone lines you can call in and you can explain yourselves to us better how's that sound Chris yeah I let's like do it. that let's I'll bug that him. I'll bug them yeah yeah all right I would I would like to hear from them because uh, I mean. Too Why much, don't you think too much it's legal, Doug? What, 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 kind, what do you think is uh, suspect for I mean, you? You're, you're bypassing two tiers pretty simply. I mean, I, I think there might be multiple reasons, but that's just the most obvious. You're bypassing two tiers that were put there for a reason. Right. And I don't, I don't know how they could get around that. I know that. Well, uh, how does wine get around it? I just, I, I noticed on the homepage it said something about don't have a distributor. Da 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 da. So I was like. Trying to sell to people who don't have distributors, but then Ed said Abita's on there and Twenty First Amendment. They all, of course, have distributors. I find that I wonder what that's all about too. But distributors are also highly localized, Um, so your distributor is only for a certain territory, and then outside of that, it's it that's that's anyone's game, really. I mean, you could potentially have. A distributor in your own state and self-distribute in another state if you were small if you filled the you know the criteria okay um so uh, i think they're going for little guys is is what they're they're right. feeling there's so many tiny little breweries um and they're right you know they don't have the sales force they don't have the means to you know fight their way on the shelves so yeah that's why i like it, it is an opportunity to kind of confront the Hegemony of these uh, distributors all over yeah. the country. I didn't realize there were three thousand of them actually. So that, just yeah. knowing that just blew my brains out. Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's an interesting concept. I mean, obviously, you know, if you listen to Brian Eno and the and the finance minister, of, former finance minister of Greece, you'll know that the future is either the Matrix or Star Trek. Right. Mm-hmm. This is obviously in the Matrix kind of model of what the future looks like. 
It's all just kind of like purchase everything you want over the internet in this virtual environment. Forget all reality of the laws, oh, three tier right, system, right. whatever. I understand. Yeah. I see where you're you going. You like that leap there? Yeah, it was good though. Yeah. I didn't know where you were going, but you, you, you pulled it right yeah, back Brian, in. Brian Eno is a visionary kind of cultural commentator that we should, all beer nerds and uh, uh, brewery uh, industry workers should listen to besides his experimental music. Okay. And, and his cards too. Yeah. Cards. Uh, oh, Lord, I forgot. No. Whatever they're called, yeah. They're I mean, I think it's a great. I think it's it's great. I also, um, I think it's potentially great. I don't want to sound overly cynical, but I think so many people would throw a fit if that started happening. Like you're telling me, absolutely. Like, like the uh, the retailers and the distributors wouldn't be like, well, wait a second, now. Why would this uh, brewer now ever come into our territory and sign a deal with me ever? Because they can just now cut the all the markup, take it for themselves potentially, or even only take two thirds of the markup and then pass along the rest and right. have that make up for the shipping costs. And how much value are they providing? As soon as they see a little bit of success, like they're kind of like turning themselves into the stub hub of beer, and and as soon as they see success. A lot more money is going to come in, and then all of a sudden there's going to be 12 of these. And then if you're a, a brewery fulfilling these orders, are you now taking orders from every single one of these? And it's going to get pretty ugly. I like that analogy. Um, I also wonder, like, is this sustainable for, for customers? Are you going to get repeat orders from this? If you order 21st Amendment, which would cost you 12 bucks a 12 or 12 bucks a six-pack here, that's going to cost you at least... 22 24 i'll bet you there's some packaging fees in addition to the shipping that might cost you 25 bucks for a six pack and the novelty of it at first you can get people to do that once uh, because they're excited they don't see those costs until they're already through the the checkout and then they, they realize they just spent 25 dollars on a six pack they do it anyway and then they they drink it and they realize that I'll should i you, really have spent yeah. 25 dollars i'll on tell that? you who you get you're going to get hobbyists yeah. mm-hmm. you're going to get tickers yeah, uh, I think you're gonna get hobbyists and tickers. Mm-hmm. You're gonna get people who are kind of like completists who are like, oh, this is the new thing from this out of market person. I want to buy a six pack, a six pack. Mm-hmm. But do uh, and then need, there's do breweries need help selling the beers that people want to tick, or do they need help selling flagships that are less attractive? Well, to tickers? it's it's an interesting. So the the what is it? The Venn diagram is that what it's called? Uh, the the center part of that is you want regional breweries flagships that's what would potentially sell there so, so like a daisy cutter yeah you can only get it in a very small part of the country but in yeah. that part you can get it everywhere new glarus yeah you know that sort of stuff mm-hmm. but you know it sounds like something that maybe ab InBev should pick up and develop and use through their distribution network that they own nationwide my other okay. suggestion would be for the beer connect to just simply open up your own independent beer distributorship in every state It'll be much cheaper for you to open up your own beer distributorship, rent a refrigerated warehouse, partner with a retail place, and then have all the legal mechanisms in place for you to do this uh, without any kind of uh, problems that you might see in your current model. I don't know if I agree with that either, because then you have to have a truck in every state and a person to drive it in every state and a person to do all this. I mean, there are distributors for a reason, I think. I mean, which is why it would be very helpful if you could just immediately just send have UPS be your 
distribution guy. Yeah, maybe we, they love logistics. The, they do love logistics. That could be the future. They are the professionals at this, Chris. We could get better deals on getting our heavy topper shipped here. Drones. Drone. Well, Amazon might drones. Amazon might pave the way. However, now that I'm just thinking in my... Right I'm going to have a drone with a Fitz bobblehead. Yeah. Just like fly <laughs> into the studio with a heady topper. And it's Fitz curates the deliveries <laughs> yeah. every day. Yeah. yeah. This is a great... Dig, dig, a, dig, 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 dig. The dig, Beer dig. Connect is a great story because now I'm thinking about... This is a perfect buy for the giant A.B. Miller Borg. This is it. This is like their consumer play right here. Because they've they, already got all, they're already they're already getting all these regional guys. I mean, you just talked about well, people want these regional flagships they can't have. Well, isn't it interesting that we have this could be an AB InBev kind of like mm, project sleeper for all, cell sleeper, sleeper cell. For all. cell. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the X Files yet? Oh yeah, the new one. <laughs> Super <laughs> terrible, bad playing, <laughs> really bad. <laughs> yeah, my wife said that it was what a bummer. Like. She said within the first few minutes of the first episode to jump the shark. But speaking of jumping the shark yeah, yeah, off yeah. the rails, I think we might be doing that. Um, I think it's about time we, we took a break. Let's take a little break. It's getting a little stuffy in here. I need my insulin. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll be back soon, guys. <laughs> Are we back? Is this live? Oh, thanks for the heads up, dude. Uh, you're listening to 105.5 FM, WLPN, Lumpen Radio, Chicago. I told you Logan was in a bad he mood He really today. is. He just keeps moving this on. Man. Bastard. Come on. Bastard. Um, so, uh, let's see. What are we going to talk about next? Um, let's talk about... Okay. So, uh, the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> This is your radio station. This is your radio station, Ed, and you just dropped the F bomb on not. air. That was I was whisper, I was whispering it. to myself. Don't talk about it. Keep moving. Okay, that, that was a careless whisper, okay. Ed. Thank you. Yeah, nice eighties reference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like you, Adam. Yeah, guilty something. I like you um, too. So, holy crap! The. Uh, Let's, let's all right. Let's focus, Chris. Uh, so untapped, I'd say of all the the social media, the beer centric social media apps and the attempts at doing it, untapped as far and away been the most popular, wouldn't you? You say three I mean, three million million users. That's amazing. And also, uh, what I like about untapped is it's it's a very well, maybe because there's three million of them. It's such a wide customer base, and it's a different. Like I don't use Untapped anymore, for mm-hmm. example. Um, but I think a lot of casual people do, and I don't use it because it's not good enough. I used it because it's too I much used work. Yes, it was too much work. Yeah. I put in like you know a thousand uniques, all with a full review yeah. in like nine months, and I was like, oh, I don't go to bars to be antisocial right. so i stopped using it you know kind of cold turkey type thing well, but you, you probably put how many did you put on the beer advocate or rate beer before that too and right you're like i do that again and i stopped right. right i was using it as like a personal note mm-hmm. like where i can look up have i had it before do i like it and i realized if it stands out it's going to stand out to you you know um but 
The cool thing is the people I see using it are people who that's probably their only beer app that they use or even like the, these people aren't going on to beer advocate or rate beer or facebook beer groups or anything like that they're they're just using untapped mm-hmm. you know and more and more i'm seeing people in the shop uh pull up untapped and oh look boy. at the untapped ratings oh boy. well i mean it's oh boy but they're all oh boy you know yeah. so i think it's I've heard a lot of um, brewers or or beer industry people at first like poo-pooing the ratings and the reviews on Untapped because it's like, oh well, come. I mean, these people are. I mean, listen to what they're saying, and and I'm thinking of it's like this is the this is what's real. Mm. This is what people really think. This isn't the uber geek. This is just the geek, you know. And uh, so that's what I've I've just come to think that that untapped is is a really useful tool to kind of look into what people think about different different beers and about yeah. craft beer <clears throat> in general and they uh they merge with next glass which is essentially the biggest wine app mm-hmm. um i've uh, i've used that one a little bit um the cool thing about that is they have some sort of uh it might be barcode recognition. It used to be some sort of label recognition software, maybe too, where you can take a picture of it and it'll pull up what what it was. <clears throat> Pardon me. It might be have some label because a lot of wines don't have UPCs. That was only for wine before. That, might be spirit. Uh, Next glass is definitely wine. Okay. So they they merged, um, and if, uh, I don't know. I, I'm talking a lot about. It. If anyone wants to. To jump in, but uh, uh, well, you know, we have the experts on social media analytics sitting here at the table. <laughs> well, us. I don't want to call him up by name when I say if anyone, yeah. But, but when I look at everyone, everyone else in the room, but yeah. him, I'm yeah. like, is anyone, anyone, yeah. Bueller? I, I just want to add, though, I was speaking to Doug about this about about Untapped, and we basically mentioned that you know the the rating system is something that's based on your emotions and your. Your uh, levels of sobriety, which is not a bad thing. Yeah, because oftentimes I'll be, you know, you know, whatever, taking a break from Smite or Battlefront, drinking, you know, resurrected from Four Hands, or whatever. Going, man, this is incredible. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, and then my phone's next to me. I'm like, I don't think I've ever rated this beer. Let me pause just, this game and just give it fives. Everything my reviews are all four point fives and fives. Every if I think of a beer, a beer excites me. Mm-hmm. I just go on and give it a four point five or five. That's a good. I never thought of it that way. I only with those those more casual like. apps with a casual user base. Everything's going to be rated higher because For you're me. only pulling it up if you really like it, or if you just happen to have it open at the time you're getting ready to drink something. But I would think the more casual person, oh, I don't know. I don't know. And the what more do you casual think, people is less critical as well. True. That's true. Yeah. Um, so everything kind of gets skewed. I mean, I, I, I don't know if it's true, but I heard like on Amazon, the average rating is like four and a half stars or something. <laughs> you know, it's like everything is great. No, um, That's a Lego uh, paraphrase, isn't it? Everything is awesome. Yeah. Everything is awesome. on Untapped. America. But anyway, we're getting away from the, from the meat of the story, if there is any. Um, 
And, and that's that. Uh, so basically, I think it was a part-time gig for these untapped people. Was a which is mind blowing, right? The two part-timers well, made this completely made robust. It wasn't apple. monetized. It wasn't monetized. Mm-hmm. I remember being jealous when the Hopcast had a special badge, and I reached out to them. I was like, "Oh, the Beer Temple should the store didn't even exist yet." Yeah, yeah. And they're like, "We just decided to not give any special badges out to podcasts anymore." And I was like, "You son of a man!" But anyway, that's I lame. tried to get in on it. Well, well, you know, That'd be cool beer temple let's just, badge. This is going to divert even more. Yeah, no. You giving out the beer temple badge to all the other podcasts or the beer temple awards is going to yeah. be a wonderful moment. We're talking about the beer temple awards. We're going to do it. Yeah. Well, that, um, you sure it wasn't the Mash Ton Journal Awards? Oh, that's what it was. That's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think. <laughs> or was it the Logan Bay Awards? I think it was the Logan <laughs> Bay Awards. Anyway, yeah. we're now getting in. This is getting bad, Edmar. So uh, the deal is. Um, what is the deal? So now they sold it next class. They've got an influx of cash. They're essentially saying the exact same thing that all these breweries say when they merge and are bought out. And my question is, in tech, this is a great thing. It's exciting. Wow, it's going to be awesome. And then, uh, or at least I think of it, and if anyone here disagrees, but it's so funny when it happens with a brewery, it's immediately like, oh, they sold out those, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um the way I interpreted the Brewbound press release was that, that these guys had been doing this uh, in their free time for years. It, it sounded like they hadn't figured out a way to be able to monetize this without hiring a sales force. And they probably, you know, had discussions with Next Glass and realized, and, and Next Glass, who I've, you know, followed for about a year as, as long as they've been around, and they appear to be a well funded. Uh, yeah, very definitely do. W- where their advantage is their funding and their technology, um, but not necessarily <laughs> their user base. And uh, untapped, their strength uh, among a few others is their user base, three million right. users. And uh, it, it just felt like they were offered probably full time salaries, a chance yeah. to do what they've built and, and continue it on with a, a, a comfortable salary, and probably got an equity share. It didn't feel like they got bought. I, right. I, I didn't get the impression they received a check. Right. I think they just became part of Next Class and, and, and got to you know follow their dream. Yeah, it sounded like that to me as well. Another thing uh, that just went through my mind while you were talking, Doug, is do you think the fact they're well-funded and have a lot of uh, – where is Next Class out of? Do you, North Carolina. North Carolina, okay. I'm curious if because – wine is so close to Silicon Valley that if there was anything to do with that, how there's more money there, there's more development power. I don't know. I could be wrong. Or I could be completely off base. A lot of beer in South Carolina now. Yeah, that's true. Um, So my question is, um, it it, it seems like there's a lot of, another thing we're going to talk about how is there's like a consulting firm opening up. And we had Matt Tanaka on, and he's got a marketing group and uh, Michael Kaiser has been on and and now we've got you know untapped being you know merging is is this just another sign of the maturation of the of the beer market I mean I think all these things are starting to coalesce together I mean you're starting to see these people who reached out to you today Ed, yeah, you, you know obviously there are a lot of different people trying to fi- figure out ways of augmenting the industry helping the industry find solutions for breweries of different sizes you know we've talked about how you know because of the impending doom of the ab miller borg and it's kind of like 
how those tentacles will reach out to kind of strangle um, the smaller brewers and those distribution outlets that there's a need for small or independent distributors to be forming at this time. I think these opportunities open up. And when you see something like Untapped happen, which is they essentially kind of leapfrog over uh, um, Beer Advocate and Rate Beer in terms of their use of a mobile. Immediately, a mobile, right? How cool is that? A mobile thing. Like, who, who would have thought that's possible? These are Not the, that I don't like those places, but it was, no, it was surprising. But they're the veterans of this kind of you know, beer rating system. They're, right. they're the ones that help you know, bring this kind of universe to a kind of critical whatever mass. In now, sense. Let me speak frankly. Was there anyone else who... So who here, quick verbal show of hands. I like to have nonsensical things here like, you know, electronic letters. Um, who who was a beer advocate person here? Verbal show of hands. Please. Oh. Oh, yeah. Hand. Okay. <laughs> Both people. Doug still says nothing but raises his hand, so I'll have to be your, your voice. <laughs> this is the radio, you know. Um, so, uh, so did you guys think years ago, like, all right – Beer advocate, you've got this thing cornered, and mm-hmm. it's not going to stay cornered for long. Go Do mobile. something. Yeah. Go mobile. Don't uh, have your entire server crash twice in three mm-hmm. years because it's so inundated, and you won't. You know, they're making something on on these festivals or something. I don't know, but um, <clears throat> and 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 just what a lost opportunity it was. Yeah. But I mean, good for Untapped. I mean, it it was there were a lot of these things out there, and they kind of. I guess the cream rose to the top, and I think they are really the most important. I wouldn't say that they're the the best or or the most reliable, but in in the end, important in terms of like uh, because of their numbers, because the number of users or the immediacy of it, or important in terms of uh, the prestige capital or cultural capital that their rating system provides to the brewery. Sure, is that what you mean? No, I think the most important because the most set of people looking to the, an application for advice about beer. If you're looking at, at I'm going to use some electronic medium to get information about beer, I think for the people in this room, it's going to be Beer Advocate. But for overall, it's going to be untapped now. And that's what I'm seeing. If you see it at bars, you're, that's where they're turning. They're turning to untapped to say, let me look at this beer. I mean, I've seen this happen. When I opened up the shop, it was everyone was on Beer Advocate looking up on their on their phone. And I joked and got burned by it. Uh, here's a fun story. Man, I'm going <laughs> off the rails. I see people uh, I, I had looking up Beer Advocate all the time, and I joked about having a Beer Advocate terminal in the shop. <laughs> you know? While I te- tweeted that, there apparently was a person literally doing that, and his wife reached out to me, slammed me, gave my sh- uh, store the worst rating it had ever gotten. Beautiful. What? Yeah. Oh, right? I and love, I was like, what it. the heck had just oh, happened? Nice. Yeah. Right? Good job. Right? Yeah. Uh, and they're all, <laughs> so, so be careful what you say on yeah. social media. Yeah. Uh, but, but anyway, I, but anyway, I, I want to say it's that all untapped. You, you don't need to have any rating system at Chris's store. The master of hand selling five thousand. He could he'll 5, smell you. If I'm you know the Andre three thousand yeah. of selling plus two thousand, yeah. and you'll smell. Mm-hmm. You could just smell a person as they walk in. You know what beer they want. You are able to profile a person yeah. and go. I think he really wants a nice imperial stout, and you will find him the best one. <clears throat> I know you, this Ed. about you. Thank and you, chances Ed. are he's had it. Yeah. When, Ed, when's the last time you've been in my shop? 
I think it was 1963. Yeah, right. I, got I back think you're yet to make on. your first appearance into the store. Uh, excuse but. me, Chris. I was there. Were you? Delivering things when you weren't there. Uh, when we were supposed to be there together. Uh-oh. <laughs> At least in my mind. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but untapped. Back to untapped. Is, do you think that it is about like people are putting pretty facile reviews? Like they're just kind of like whatever reviews? Because I don't when, know. I, when I look at but the people reviews, are using it, and, and I think that's a good thing. People are thinking about their beer more. I, I think what they're going to do with Next Glass is interesting to kind of police themselves because what, what they're going to do, what, what Next Glass does is, you know, they have a, a, a supposedly a chemistry side where they're, they're doing tests on every at least, com- right. at least commonly available type of beer. And giving it 200 different classifications of data behind each each beer, and then when you go wait in, wait a second, when, that's when, the next glass. That's, that's next right. Glass. So when you go in, the, you what, what, they're tra- what, what they're trying to do is now <coughs> they're eventually going to it's eventually going to be one platform. There's, there's no doubt about that. They're going to take those users and make them next glass users somehow. Next tab. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, so what they're going to be able to do is take any beer that you rated well and. They're going to take the 200 elements of that beer that they, they have classified, and they're going to be able to recommend other beers to you. Or you're going to be able to take a picture of a beer in a supermarket, and then it's going to tell you, based on all your past beers you've rated, if this beer that you just scanned seems like a beer you would like or I not. I had not put two and two together. Wait, they, but they is this, Doug, the same? They started with wine, right? Is this right? Both. They, they went right after both. They did a huge campaign where they like drove around the country. I'm gathering completely beers right. Yes, I'm. Comp- I apologize. I was completely and a hundred percent associating them with with another application. Yes, I do remember. It's beer and Next wine. glass. Yep. Hmm. They reached out to me before they started. They came around in their truck. They bought one of like everything in my store. It was insane. And they were telling me, we want to buy one of every beer you have. We want to buy one of every beer that's out there. And then they would come in and um, and they tell me that they've got this flavor analysis and they're going to get these compounds and stuff like that. And uh, we're going to analyze it. And then we're going to tell you what that beer is like. And if you have that beer, we're going to be able to make a suggestion for you. And now I want to get your opinion. Uh, why are you shaking your head, Adam? Well, for me, I think that uh, craft beer is about community, and it's about us on break. I hear you got to try this. Oh, you like this? You got to try this. Have you had whatever? You know, Henny Topper. You got to have sip of sunshine. You know, it's like, and yeah, I could have an app tell me that. It's great, but I'd rather have Ed call me and be like, "Dude, you got to have double jungle boogie." Contrarian, but not everyone has that. So imagine yeah. this with wine. Who would you go to for wine? You don't know. Touche. So you need somebody to help you. And yeah. I, un- I, I think it's a noble cause. Yeah. I don't think you can break it. Th- personally, I don't think you can break it down that way. I think you can have a better chance with spirit. Probably the best chance with spirits. Second best with wine. What I talked to these guys at length in in emails was the fact about are you controlling for freshness at all? Do you have any idea? And they have no controls for freshness. Zero. That's Zero. Tough. Yeah. And they were saying like, uh, well, we've already gotten this beer. We've already gotten this beer. And I was like, I just sent this beer back to the distributor because it was too old yesterday. And if you're telling – and it was just like uh, 
a Midwest beer and they got it at the store that they were just at. I was like, and I'm just thinking to myself, yeah. you guys, like, you're throwing like, this. Uh, that's a that's the argument. stuff that like yeah. kills me. Sure, because how can you? You can't drive across the country. It's a, it's a noble effort, but you cannot drive across the country and in one fell swoop pick up the best example of every beer that there possibly is, drive it all the way back to North Carolina. These guys were like college kids on break, it seemed to me, just like partying for the summer, going around and picking up beer. And that's where I got the assumption that they were well-funded, that they were able to, mm-hmm. able to do this. One yeah. thing I said to Ed in the break is that like the people listening to the show are not next classes. Uh, target audience the, the people who are willing who would rather go to a, a local bottle shop and pay a dollar more a bottle to have that 30 minute 20 minute conversation with the store owner or whoever's working in the store who'd, 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 I'm one of those people a lot of people listening to the show are probably those people mm-hmm. those are not next class's target audience but the people who go to the grocery store and choose craft beer over macro beer those are the people they're going after, and that is the majority of the uh, volume of craft beer is, is those people. And then that number of beers to keep track of and keep track of the data on is much more manageable. Yeah. If you're only if you only need to have the the chemistry done on beers that are big enough to reach supermarket level, then it, it is doable. And then that's a big audience, and a lot of those people are untapped users. Um. I, I agree. I'm, I just did a quick Google search on my email, and it was in uh, September of 2014, and it was someone there. And what I wrote <clears throat> about this was, take a look and let me know if this helps at all. If you have any questions, let me know. It was essentially my inventory he wanted to know. And I said, I also want to mention, because he just asked, what do you have? So I, I my aside, my here's what I have, and then I wrote an email. I was like, I also want to mention that one of the overarching philosophies of the beer temple is to make sure that the beers we have in stock are fresh or aged as is proper for the style, especially with high, highly aromatic copy beers. The hop oils can dissipate fairly quickly and will impact the sensory perception greatly as a result. If you're analyzing a uh, 120-day-old IPA, it will taste differently, drastically differently from one bottle a week ago. What we try to do is date the packages with as much info as we can collect from the brewer so the consumer knows that they are drinking fresh beer when appropriate long story short the beers at our store are fresh or sure that's the case with the other 2400 in your system already i was out at uh, an east coast quote-unquote world-class rated beer store in i'm not even going to say the state and it was packed with old beer well past its prime not sure if you've taken into consideration how this may affect the beers you are tasting and the compounds you are notating, but I figured I would mention it. Cheers, Chris. And that was, yeah, September 2014 that I wrote that mm-hmm. because back then I was like, that was throwing big red flags to me. I mean, in the end, is it directionally going to help? Did they reply back? Uh, Chris, thanks for sending it. We'll take a look and cross-check versus our inventory. I'll pass on your note about beer age to our I probably shouldn't be saying it. <laughs> Chief Science <laughs> Officer, and let you know what he says. Well, yeah. maybe they did their due diligence. <clears throat> right. Right. If you think about monetization and what they could do, so they're what they're what they're preaching is that they're going to have like a a Netflix like ability to recommend beers sure. to you. And 
what if they can, and, and, and the powerful tool that they'll be have is a way to measure if those recommendations actually worked, just like Netflix could. So because of the check-in aspect of the untapped, yeah. they can not only show that they suggested it, but then measure whether the person checked that beer in soon after that the recommendation was given. Mm-hmm. And then they could have an agreement with breweries, and they're only going to get recommended if they pay them a commission for recommendations that are then confirmed by a follow-up check-in. Ah. Doug, you sinister <laughs> internet wizard. <laughs> right. It will happen. Yeah. yeah. Right. So I think the sensory analysis part of it really is is unimportant. Smoke screen. It's unimportant. It's the smoke I don't know if smoke it's smoke screen. I just don't think it's I don't think it's necessary. I don't think it's necessary. And and I'm glad that they're they're going to be getting away from it because like I said, I think the the effort is potentially at least noble, but it threw up a lot of red flags. That if that's what they were going to go around to do it, but I guess if you don't have a, a user base and a whole history of of check ins, what good is it? But hey, if you merge with Untapped, uh, look. All right, look. We're all. I am finally now coming to where Doug was uh, nine months ago. Yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before the merger Likewise. was even announced. Okay. Likewise. We're all realizing who the smart guy in the room was. Moving on. Um, so. Uh, Let's. Um, I think you should do this like John McLaughlin, like yeah. untapped or next class. Yeah, right. <laughs> wrong, wrong, wrong. Um, yes. Let's let's quickly go over this. So the uh, f- uh, former president of uh, Kona Brewing in Hawaii uh, announced that he's opening up a consulting firm, and I, I mentioned this, you know, before. Um, I mean, there's a lot of well, not a lot. There's there's not very many at all, but. This is something that's starting to happen. Craft, not just beer-focused, craft beer-focused mm. consulting firms. What, yeah. is this, what does this say, well, if anything? I think it means that at least there's one person in America from a brewery. Hold on, hold on, hold work. on a second, Ed. Yeah. And I, I, don't, I, I don't know if I've ever cut off. I think you've spoken first almost every time. I want to hear from one of these guys first. What does it say? These are newbies. You're too comfortable. Now I feel like Ed's going to knock me out. When no, going, no. <laughs> I could go go to the bathroom or go have a smoke right no, now. No, no. I want you to yeah. Can you leave? Listen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what do you think, Adam? Uh, my initial reaction is, is, is it, is it an easy way for this guy to make money? Maybe. Um, but, yeah, he knows his stuff. So, of course, he's been through it. He, he knows what's going to go wrong, what... what licensure or whatever mm-hmm. um so yeah he, he'll it'll serve a purpose i think in general consultants are always looked at with a kind of a slant eye because yeah for whatever reason people don't seem to trust the art if you oh, you can call it that or science or whatever sure the act of of consulting you know it's like those who well. who can't do teach type i think it's like that mentality i'm not saying that's what it is i'm saying it's like that mentality um so at least he has industry experience, which right. some which I don't even know don't if it's have. a that's yeah who knows. You know? um, how about you, Doug? Do you have any opinion my, one way or another? My initial reaction to it was that um, that when you're starting up a brewery, there's a there's a number of uh, skills and, and services that are of use, whether it's in the startup phase or you know as you as you hit a new challenge or you know if we're to take your tax return as an example that there's a lot of things where you don't need somebody full time but you could use some help it's not something you want to hire a full time employee on cuz you can't keep them busy and that's why we always hear to work at a brewery you have to be able to wear a number of hats 
there's a lot of th- uh, situations that come up where you need someone to uh, you know do something short term for you or do something that only takes four hours a week. Maybe like so- the social media. Maybe you don't want to have someone on your team thinking and dealing with social media, but you maybe there's someone out there you could hire to do your social media who does it for 10 other local breweries and, and mm-hmm. that's their skill and you'd rather spend, call it $5,000 a year on, on that than having someone that is your full-time employee sure. dealing with that. And I think that, and that's just a, a small example. Yes. And, and, and a recent example of this is that just recently I ran uh, the, so I have, I ran the stats on all the California, all the breweries in California, and how who's whose Instagram following grew the by the largest number from uh, uh, end of November to end of December, and the brewery that was the highest is a brewery who I happen to be out in California with, uh, a year ago, and I met their sales rep, and we've just always followed each other and left each other nice messages and stayed in touch, and so I reached out to him and said, "Man, you're, it, it's Monkish Brewing in Los Angeles," and uh, I said I reached out to a friend Brian and I said Brian you guys your your Instagram following grew a lot a significant amount more than any other brewery in California of the 400 plus that have an Instagram account yours grew 3% more than anyone else did did anything change and he said actually yeah in November we um we we hired someone part time to just keep us on track and make sure we were always posting at a consistent rate and posting quality pictures, and they're not an employee. They ju- they're just someone we – it sounds like they just pay pay as like a contractor, contractor who's yeah. doing this for a lot of other places, maybe not all breweries, but that's just their job. And to, and they've already seen that, that benefit in a month. So of, of, somebody might be able to – a consultant might be able to come in and tell you, hire somebody part-time to do that, hire <laughs> someone to – you know, yeah. like, mm-hmm. and, and help sure. you. Yeah. So I think there is some ability to be like, listen, I've – I know you're – one brewery that's in this position i've been to 15 breweries that are in your position and this is what's worked for a bunch of them so yeah i i I think that i think there is this uh romantic romanticized vision of craft beer this artisan thing that is made by people and we want those people to express as eloquently as they do through the beer with words and some of them do it very well and some of them don't do it as well and we we a lot of times i think fault them for it you know their their packaging sucks they don't do anything you know and it's because well they don't care about that they want to be in their own room and and brew and there aren't many sean hills out there who can in their own weird way, do it all perfectly and be the working perfectly. Uh, and um, uh, I go with it. Yeah, got me with the dump button. Gotcha. Right. Yeah, right. You know, I'm glad you did that, Logan, because I <laughs> I love it when you interrupt Chris in the yeah. middle of, a, of deep thoughts. Yeah, right. And you're just an assassin of, of thinking. <laughs> No, but I, I I do think that uh you know, consultants can be a force of good and evil like everything yeah. else. How many Crit- startups can afford that really though? I wonder. It's one of those things like it's like can you afford it or can you afford not to? Kind yeah. of one of those yeah. things too. It's like I can't I'm not selling any any beer. I can't afford a sales rep. It's like one of those things. You yeah. know what I'm 
Like there's brewers who have told me don't have a sales rep yeah. when we don't have. Well, no, there's one. There's there's a brewer uh, who who was really confiding in me that if we keep selling beer at this rate, we're not going to be around too much longer. Yeah. And at that point, they hired a salesperson yeah. and turned it around. Well, you know my feelings about consultants in general. I kind of deride them or make fun of them, etc. Why is that? But the, well, because to me, it's like if you're involved in the industry, you should you should be aware of what you're getting into. You should do a lot of research. You should jump into it, Which knowing how fair. things might work. But what but if your be plan? Fun, what if your plan is me, to do me, that? Let me finish. Yeah, yeah. But the reality is, the only reason we know what we're doing is because we consulted with our friends. We were lucky to have friends, professionals. People in the industry, brewery owners, salesmen, brand people, etc., who advised us in the spirit of the community of the craft beer world. Some people don't aren't part of those communities. Some people don't have a connection to a lot of breweries in their neighborhood or their city. So they do need help. They do need the help of consultants, marketing people, um, <clears throat> different analysts to help them, whatever, to their social media, etc. The problem is... As what I think what the issue is where I get to like to make fun of people is that you get a lot of people who are just like, we're going to get a 50-barrel brewery. We're just going to throw this down over here in Lincoln Park, and we're going to roll it. We're going to make this happen. I'm going to hire a brewer. I'm just going to make a lot of money. And those guys need the consultants because they're jags. They're jag-offs who shouldn't even have a brewery. Yeah. Now, how many? We know that there's many breweries like that starting today. They think they just start from zero to 50 or whatever, zero to 100, thinking that they can make it happen. And to be fair to you and, and kind of go along with your argument, <clears throat> you know, a consultant, uh, I, I mean, I guess a consultant can certainly can and do turn down work, but if if one of those jags, as you call them, jagoffs, jagoffs, very Midwestern term, nobody yeah. nobody where I'm from says that. It's okay, we gotta spread the. That's fine. So jagoff, I'll use your word. More like a jag bag. I as, hear as long as the dump button doesn't get hit, and I can keep <laughs> thinking, uh, a jag goes to a consultant <laughs> and says, "All right, I've got, uh, you know, what's your fee?" And he's like, eh, "I'm not really feeling what you're doing, buddy." He's like, "Okay, well, how about for." this much and and slides it along i mean they're they're hired guns which i think maybe i don't know i'm just kind of spitballing here is is why that people are suspicious of them yeah well the thing is because you could then get a jag so now you've now got a jag with the most savvy you know bad blank consultant firm behind them and and you know what that could put mr you know socially awkward amazing beer guy out of business as a result well, but that's, is that that's, I mean, that's possible? Just all how it is? That's possible. Yeah. Worst case scenario. But the reality is, it's like okay, if you want to position yourself as the helper of jagoffs, well, then God bless you if you're honest about it. We help we help people who don't know what the f they're but doing. Who says that? Well, they say it in wonderful storytelling lingo- language, right? I mean, we we use we use stories, we use ways of convincing people to sell ourselves to them. And let's also just be frank here. Everyone here has been asked to do consulting. Everyone in this room, almost every guest you have has consulted on someone else's business professionally for money, for free or whatever. It's a very common thing in some ways. But those who position themselves like the Kona guy is like, I'm Mr. President of, former president of Kona and the Craft Brewers Alliance. If you want to start up the biggest brewery in your region, come to me in my coconut wonderland in Maui. I will seduce you with the most amazing tiki drinks 
and the most amazing dance routines by the natives here, while I ply you with some of the finest Kona coconut brews. You will leave here writing me a check for over $1 million to explain to you how to deal with the Illuminati and the AB InBev SAB Miller Gnomes of Zurich Consortium and also grain street cred in your local neighborhood tap room. I am the King Kona, the god of beer. <laughs> all right, all right, uh, Logan, you can hit stop now. Wow, where'd you get that sound clip from that yeah. guy? <laughs> that was amazing. Ruben, Ruben Kincaid just kind of spit that out, and I recorded oh. it, and I just played it now. What'd oh, I think? thought that was him. I prepared I this that was the for Kona this. guy. Oh, yeah. I thought you Ru- got a no, sound Ruben clip. No, Ruben impersonated King Kona. <clears throat> got it. But seriously, a guy like that is like, I'm not going to consult with Chris's Beer Temple Empire. I'm going to go to these larger breweries and go, you don't know anything about craft. I'm the Craft Master 5000. I'll hook you up. I know where you're going to be distributed. He'll figure out your distribution plan. He'll figure out your growth plan. He'll figure out exactly how, how many barrels you could put out per square foot. They know all these things. It's great. They give the figure. They'll give the, they'll give the numbers to a gentleman like Doug who could crunch them and go, yes. Kona Master is correct. You will make three, <laughs> you will make twelve percent margins this year if you brew X amount of Kona Kona Craft uh, coconut barrel aged uh, pajama band pajama. So beer. why is that? <laughs> dripping sarcasm aside, why is that bad? No, I'm not saying it's bad because we don't need any more cocaine fueled rich guy one percent breweries in America. All right, mm-hmm. let's just forget about them. There are enough of them. Mm. We're going to be suffocated with them. Forget about it. They don't need to do anymore. Go get, in, get into the, unicorn, the last unicorns in the stock market. Buy some islands near Dubai. Preach. Get away from craft beer. Just please keep your filthy paws off this industry. Okay. Amen. Okay. <laughs> Am I crazy for saying that? Am I... I don't. I mean, I you're like crazy. I don't know no, if you're, you're crazy, crazy for saying that, but no. uh, yeah. yeah. Or Slow you know clap. what? You know what? You really want to do something useful, Kona President Kona, and all your prospective clients. Open up some independent distributors, and then just get sell them out to AB InBev in twenty years. Okay, just open up some, provide some options, and then mm-hmm. sell it out later. Mm-hmm. That'll be a better use of your money than to open up another. We're the coolest local brewery in the wherever land. We're bringing you the hottest local ingredients for doing whatever we can to make you feel like we're cool. Buy ham sandwich beer. Okay. You know, like, yeah. we don't need that guy, uh-huh. that beer. There's plenty of great beer. But what, uh, we've, I've already said my piece. Uh, um, uh, if I convince I th- you we don't need Kona, Kona Master 5000? Oh, I'm not talking about Kona Master 5000. I'm just talking about uh, my fear is that good Breweries are going to go out of business because they don't know how to tell their story, as uh, Matt Tanaka. Uh, you well, know, you need the Matt Tanakas and you need to Michael Kaisers of the world mm-hmm. to help people who don't know how to do the branding marketing aspect are socially awkward, nerdy brewers who want to sit in their office and in their brew cave. Need people like them to help them move forward. If yeah. they if they don't have anyone in their immediate community or their social networks that can help them, right? Well. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's the truth. That's yeah. just the way it is. Anyone else want to weigh in before we move on to to letters? Okay, that's I want some pajama beer now. Yeah, right. <laughs> that was pretty. I'm really epic sorry. Rant. I'm sorry, that was guys. Awesome. That I'm was one for the ages, though. I'm gonna no. shut up. No, I'm gonna go oh. get up. If there's a best of 2016, 
that starts will, here today. That will most likely be on it. <laughs> when Ruben came in and grabbed the mic from you, like wrestled it away. <laughs> kind of possessed me. He did possess you. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, it was... Uh, so, so anyway, we like to do uh, have letters on the show, email-style letters, where people can write in. You can write in at insiders at craftbeertemple.com and tell us what you think about our rants, about what we're talking about, about you, what you want to hear us talk about. And... Uh, we got a really uh, thorough email from uh, Pete Helland, who helped us out with the uh, BCS analysis thing, and really uh, just a, a really great guy. He's, he's written in uh, a couple times, and uh, I had asked for people to talk about their uh, New Year's beers wishes for 2016, and I know it's towards the end of the month now, but I'm um, just now getting to it. I'm sorry, Pete, but... Uh, I uh, just wanted to read the email. It's kind of long, and he he goes over a few things, but I'll uh, I'll read it in its entirety. Uh, Pete writes, "Just listen to the uh, year-end show, and these are my wishes for beer in 2016. One, meaningful collaborations. I want to see more collabs between breweries and farms, restaurants, or other uh, brewers that have purpose." Penrose working with local coffee roasters in the same industrial park. Transient using honey from Heritage Prairie Farm. Restaurants that use ingredients to pair food and beer like hop vinaigrettes or incorporating beer into a meal. I'd love to see existing beers be combined into a single recipe. Maybe two breweries blending uh, barrel-aged beers in a, quote, mega blend. Transient and pentameter plus Funk Factory Cool Ship for a Midwestern Guz, maybe. Uh, he says, I also want to see relations between brewers and patrons improve. Social media has gotten out of hand in beer. It started with these quote-unquote advocates, but it really has pushed back from uh, from breweries or other industry folks. I can't think of another luxury market where creators badmouth consumers. I'm not saying there aren't plenty of times it could be warranted, but you have to rise above. These groups need each other. Um, their cares and ambitions should work in unison. It's either... Lamenting beer ratings or tickers or hoarders or resellers. This is a very small minority of the consumer base. Why potentially alienate others with commentary that divides? I'd love to see pricing and packaging become more universal. This goes for bars as well. I realize breweries come in all shapes and sizes, but small local breweries should have some similarities in pricing. One place is a four-pack of double IPA for $12, while another has a bomber at $12. Sessionable styles are available at $10 per six-pack, primarily, while others are much higher. BA beers in the Wild West uh, is the Wild West for pricing. The same goes for draft accounts. I'd love to see pricing come down on draft beers with smaller pours. If you're going to charge $12 for a 10-ounce Bourbon County brand stout, then how about $8 for six ounces? I'd love to see greater variance in pour sizes to stabilize pricing between 4 and 8 This is getting pretty technical. Uh, 4 and $8 overall at draft locations. If this can be done at a small bar in West Lafayette, Indiana, then I'm sure Chicagoland can find a way. Anyhow, those are the things I hope to see for in the future of beer. Cheers, Pete Helen. Thank you, Pete. I mean, thanks for putting all the thought into that. I mean, obviously. um, $2 beers. Three dollar bombers and a and yeah. a bomber and every, yeah, yeah, I love it. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah it's great. Um, come on, guys. Did anything resonate? Do you have any feedback about that? Or I like the the although I think it's been done. The baller stout, right? 
blending different uh, sure. beers. Yeah, more of that should be done for sure. Those collaborations like are idea. awesome ideas. Yeah, the pricing thing is like I think the issue is like as a, as the smallest brewery in Chicago can attest, we can't compete with pricing because we can't buy our commodities and our products and our packaging at the price that's uh, as competitive with those breweries that have beer that's a lot cheaper than ours. And those so guys. I apologize. And isn't that price setting? Isn't that illegal? Anti-competitive. Oh, you can't agree upon with all the breweries agree upon that we were charging twelve dollars for pale. I don't think he means maybe formal, but but yeah. I hear you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Even though, it's but, like, but if it's not formal, then somebody's going to undercut. Anybody who can is going to. Like, yeah, it's a marketplace. The, yeah. Or or go over it just to try to sure. become a premium yeah. brand. You know, um, I think you'll always. I think he just said. I what did he say? He said stabilize. So mm-hmm. he wants it to be like. Although not, wine is not stable at all. Commodity I mean, pricing yeah. is jumping around. The hop mm-hmm. market's out of control. Hops are like almost two to three times more expensive than they were three or four years ago. There's no way to control this pricing. Yeah. I mean, we could make more 2% beers, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I Thanks for laughing at Thank you very That's much. Not a bad idea. I took more than my fair share of oh, the yeah. uh, barrel aged Agamemnon. Thank for, oh, let thanks me for bringing me that. Up, oh, baby. Come on. Um, so, up. what about um, so meaningful? collaborations I've been asked and I've seen other places do collabs I've never done a collab why not I'm not comfortable doing one why uh, because I'm not a brewer yeah you are a home brewer I am a home brewer dude let's do a collaboration right now right all so, three so, of us so, right so here in this so room. let's so let's give an idea so Four, here we go us. what of us. do I have to give other than like well, I want a pilsner I want a this I want a that you go to a brewery and you and you're you're gonna take maybe why is it that, my beer? Well, you take that brewer your vision, and then you guys collaborate on that idea, and it's like it's like an art like a car, uh, a cartoonist comic book, right? A cartoonist, you have a, an artist and you have a writer, and they're collaborating. That may be a, a stretch of a, of, a, of a of a concept, but if you like a pilsner and you come to Maplewood and we don't make pilsners, you're gonna push Adam, our brewer, to the limit, and maybe that's a good thing. You know? I think it, I think it's more like the owner of a movie theater Directing going films. to Martin Scorsese sure. and being like, you know what you should have done in that shot, rather than have it be one pan shot in, uh, you know, uh, the Goodfellas. What if you had, uh, you know, like I think that's totally different. Chris, though. you could do that. That's yeah. how it feels to You're me. You're a critic, baby. Yeah, it's totally. Yeah. Come on. You're the Jerry Salzer of the beer beer world, buddy. <laughs> I don't want to know who that is, but. Um, <laughs> But but yeah, so that's why I have not done. It. I'm not saying I, I won't ever do it, but I feel like I would not feel comfortable putting my name alongside something where all I said was, you know what, I I, I really like German Pilsner, you know, but I want one with know. kind of like a really strong noble hop. I'm gonna dry I don't want to. I'm gonna be a jerk here. Okay, yeah, be a jerk. So your favorite brewery, all right, contracts their beer at five to ten, maybe twelve different breweries all mm-hmm. over the country. Mm-hmm. They're not on pre- They're not on premise brewing that beer. Chris, sure. Uh, the most famous brewery in the world is a contract brewer that's brewed in like the most amazing brewery, De Proof, right? And several others. Okay, they're not. What what makes them dip more different than you? Well, Why isn't there a beer temple brand that yeah. destroys these top sexy brands that you're obsessed with? Huh? 
Why can't uh, you do that? There's you a lot do of that. stuff that I, I kind of, uh, I'm not sure how I feel about the point you is, saying, but yeah. These guys, maybe they came up with a recipe much like you could come up with a recipe, and they found the appropriate brewery who has capacity to brew the beer for them. Sure. There's no, they're no different than you. Oh, of course. And then, and, there's and if no, I ever wanted to do, uh, you know what, maybe that's what Pete is talking about with a meaningful collaboration. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are doing it to, you know what I want? You know what I want? <laughs> How about a Citra Double IPA? Oh, oh yeah. Really <laughs> juicy, man. Like, oh, you know what else I want? I want a barrel-aged stout with vanilla. Pajama mm. beer. Right. Her of I mean, well, now you're talking. Like, that's, that's my... It's like, okay, you don't need me to tell you what's a popular style. You know what's good? Apricot sours. Apricot and sour go really well together. Dropping this beer on the carpet. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, man, I'm just... Yeah, you. These two just genuinely nice people across from me are making me realize how cynical and evil I am. But it's just like that turning is, into Logan. Well, you're basically, just yeah. turning into the worst form I'm of Logan. Now you're Logan. I hate uh, when I first, they started to become really popular when everybody was, and I hated them. I was like, everybody's going to do a freaking collaboration. And why I was did very you, cynical why did you about hate it. Them? Maybe I was. I don't know. I can't even explain it. Uh-huh. Maybe uh, it was like some form of form of jealousy or something. I, you think I, it was I jealousy. have no idea. Maybe it was. I don't. You know, know, like why won't they do a beer with me? I'm a home brewer, right? I don't, I don't know. know. I There's can't that explain famous it. blues song. I got the all night collaboration blues, <laughs> making everything but pajamas and shoes. You know so, that song. So what about the the el- No, I don't know. Classic. That song. Yeah. What about the other one? The relationship. The relationship between uh, brewer and patron. I think I know what he's getting at there. What and, do you think uh, that is? There was a um, so there are the, there are these Facebook groups out there that uh, that raffle beers. So mm-hmm. it's 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 like a, a step eviler, what? more evil than the secondary market, and it and, and they use the daily Powerball, which uh, and. and Take a beer and, and you can buy one of fifteen one of fifteen opportunities to buy this beer or fifty or fifty whatever number they pick or, or whatever works with the lottery and then that allows people that that makes people a little more willing and that makes the secondary price in other words the raffle price get even higher than what the quote so unquote, given secondary examples price. give it like a, just a straightforward example so, of so like I if, have beer X yeah because so I like, know what you're talking about so but like I want to make sure let's everyone say, knows. Uh, Let's say an old Bourbon County, one of the original Bourbon County bombers is a, would sell for $200 on the secondary market on Craigslist or whatever. Uh, then they might sell 20, 20 chances in a raffle to win that beer. But instead of selling them for $10 each, people are actually willing to pay $15 each because it's only $15 for a chance for a $200 bottle, even though the math doesn't make sense. But then, that, then all of a sudden people are thinking, oh, well, this beer is now not worth $200. It's worth this price. And so somebody uh, raffled off one of Corey King's uh, recent side project beers. And Corey King found that out and called out the person on social media. And it became a big controversy of, do they have every right to do this? Does Corey have a right to be upset? And there's uh, all different sides and a lot of people taking sides. And just from the way he wrote the question, I, I had a feeling that that's what he was talking about because Corey caught flack for some people for saying, "Why are you even worried about this?" He's Another, pretty, he's pretty outspoken mm-hmm. about that sort of thing. Do you have an opinion on that, Doug? I'm completely against any secondary sale or Why especially is that? raffling. 
because you you want as as working in the industry you want your cut right you want no, no but why 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 don't you uh, that's obviously not is true. that the logan and you speaking again the number one reason is that i i think it creates an unfair uh i, I think the beer the beer is judged unfairly if that beer was sold for thirty dollars it shouldn't be looked at as you're tasting it mm, that wasn't quite worth two hundred dollars and i think that's a I think that's unfair to the people who made the beer mm-hmm. that this should be looked at as a $30 beer, even though that a few years later you were willing to pay $200 for it. It's not fair to them for you to look at it as a $200 beer, but that's kind of what happens yeah. by there being this. And you get why it's there. These releases take a while to get these sought-after beers, and if the beer costs $30, there's always going to be someone willing to pay more than $30 to not have had to stand in line. Right. So, so there's, there's that tax that you're willing to pay. I'd be willing to pay for someone to run out and get, get a beer for me if I, if I couldn't make it. There are now out of apps town. for doing that. Sure. There's line-waiting apps. Sure. So, but, yeah. but, but it just escalates and escalates, and it becomes people are willing to pay more more and more to not have had to have be there, been there if it's out of town, whether it's in town. And, and that's just kind of where, where that secondary market begins and starts to take off and get out of control. I know as someone who thinks about this uh, a lot, and I had a Hop Slam had, uh, there was a Hop Slam release, kind of like a pre-release for a Hop Slam at my store just, just tonight. And I, I came right from there. And why didn't you bring where's any? a Hop Slam? Jesus, dude. You know why? You know why? I know why. Because every why. single yeah, of course. can yeah. was sold. Yeah, of course. And you're, yeah, right. You don't even think about me. Right. You know what, though? You and I'll talk about this. We sold famous Instagram, but with a can. But we sold it all. We sold it all. And then people were coming in, and I was just really bummed. You know, I was yeah. really bummed because it only lasted 45 minutes. Hmm. And, um, to, to, I mean, to the amazing credit of Nick and, and Steve and the guys who worked there, both of them had pulled aside one six pack for themselves. They both gave them up to other people oh, willing. Man. I didn't say anything. Beautiful. And they're like, you know what? Here. And they went back and they grabbed their personal ones without anybody saying anything. Yeah. But to you them. see how vicious so we not, become about this? We want this beer. Yeah, we right. do. That's so how horrible we are. And I felt We're bad. And yeah. I was I was giving you know some some slack to to bells. Being like, listen, if you want to have this event, you cannot give me only this much beer when I say I need this much. It's not, I mean. Did they do it Yes, I haven't. No, they didn't. Right. And they're going off of how much beer I sell and how much flack they're going to get from other people and blah, 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 I'm sure. Got it. But the issue is uh, I almost like want to, it's hard because obviously it's nice to have that many people in the store and I I make money from that. You know, that's how the store stays open. Mm -hmm. And having twice as much beer means I would make twice as much money. So I'm not going to say that I, I can't be a unbiased, but at the same point, having an event where I know you're only giving me a, enough beer, and I didn't pr- promote this thing much at all. I put out two social media posts, and it sold in 45 minutes. And knowing that that's going to happen, and I need twice as much, like I don't, I'm starting to not feel comfortable Doing unless I have like this. double yeah. Yeah. the amount I have. Yeah. So... The, the uh, so I think about this sort of thing a lot, and I, and I I do relate to Corey a lot. Not in any way that I have uh, any say or or any part uh, or as important as he is to the end product. But I think about how this beer is going to get passed along, and I really try to be a kind of a steward for for the beer, and I, I take this very seriously. And 
when people do that sort of stuff, like paying for people to stand in line for them, it really creates these really tough decisions for me. Like, what if this guy works his butt off and he's not a rich guy? He just really wants this beer and his boss is a jerk and won't let him get there. You know, uh, should he not get that beer this time? Happens all the time. I don't know. Yeah. You know, I, I, I really don't know. But there are also people who come through the line, change their shirt, try to buy a second allocation, and. With a different shirt. <laughs> yeah, right? You're kidding me. I am not kidding you, Ed. It happens. It you, happened to me. Like, truck chasing grifters. is real. I've seen it happen. I had a guy. One guy got away with it. I had a, a beer. He came in, tried to get two, didn't. A couple minutes later, small woman, Asian woman comes in. <laughs> he, uh, hired, he hired a... Walks right up to something, buys it, <laughs> pays. I could have... I mean, they could have found something. I don't I don't yeah, know why. It's like the old, like when you're a teenager, you hire... You yes, go back to go buy and look at the you. receipt. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Same credit card was used. And the guy had mentioned that he had taken an Uber to get there. He had given the card to his Uber driver to come in oh and buy the beer from. This wasn't at a release. This was just like we put like a, a whale up on the shelf, you know, like a white whale, like a, a highly sought after Belgian beer. And um, like that it's stuff beautiful. just like kills me because there's someone else who is like awesome who should get that sure, beer. I agree. And now someone who's not awesome got two of them. Yep. Not awesome. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, Understood. And I don't know what to do about it. I don't know if... The, I mean, is there an answer you're shaming, to this? You're, you know, uh, we've shamed this person many times on this show. Yeah. I think it's been... Yeah. One night, while this person's drinking some beer, he'll be tuning in to the WLPN 105.5 FM and hear this, this story again. And he'll remember this. And he'll be, it'll be sitting there somewhere, either giggling to himself or feeling guilty if he's Christian. Well, I have a question. <laughs> For Logan, Logan, are we are we we got to be out of here on the dot tonight? No, nah, Logan's cool. Okay, Logan's cool. All right, um, I got the yes, but <laughs> um, so I give the final word on this, Doug. What I mean, I, I think the best chance to police it, and this is no easy feat, is a, uh, a a reward system that's connected to your POS system that it's capturing every line that yeah. someone buys, and you know, are they the people that only come and buy the limited beers? Or do you have re- true regulars that are buying the beers that are easy for you to get in whatever quantities you want and making sure those people get rewarded when they just want an occasional limited one? And, and, and that's that's the way to do it. And We're that's, working that is, on that that's, at the store. But I think it's, it's a combo because yeah. I think you also have to – Like me, Chris. Yeah. And I didn't mean to say it, that's the only part no, of it. No, like I, I think it's like – I, I want to have like a, kind of a best of both worlds. I want to set apart – Aside where if you're a regular customer, there's going to be a portion of that beer is set aside only for the, the good customers. The rest is out for everyone. Hey, and if you want to double dip, if you want to come through and then come back another time as your guy, maybe even that's cool. I don't know. But, you know, something about the guy who just wants to walk into the store and I can't get this beer because I don't come here all the time. I live on the south side. I can't. Like, these are the scenarios that, mm-hmm. you know, you you go to sleep. Yeah. You go to sleep thinking about making sales online while you're sleeping, Ed. I go to sleep thinking about customers like Definitely. having a good double experience. Dipping. Double no, dipping. not double dipping, but like, oh, because what happens is I get angry and then I try to empathize. Yeah. Is what happens, and then I, I want to. I'm, I am Catholic, as yeah. you can probably tell. Yeah. I get very guilty. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, 
Thanks, Pete, for mm-hmm. making me feel guilty. Uh, you did a good thing. Well, thanks for listening to the uh, Ed and Chris show, as I, I feel. I feel you, you know, and I... the, actually, the only intelligible and thoughtful things said here tonight were by Adam and Doug. We're just like some weird... I'm noise, as someone would call me, right? Yeah. I think I'm just there to just kind of intermission music. Yeah. Today, at least. Yeah. And I don't mind. No, it's okay. That's why you have me here. I mean... Sometimes hey, you need some top four Elevators hits. have speakers for a reason. Yeah. You know? And even if they are 80s covers, so what? Sounds good in orchestral format. <laughs> so, um, the time has come. <laughs> we have to leave. So we're going to do some some plugs here. Plugs being, you know, it can be a direct plug. It can just be something that you want to uh, tell everybody about that you're, you're geeked on and you think other people should be geeked on, too. Um, why don't you go first, Ruben? Super I mean, excited. Super excited that Maplewood's in the house. Thank you for bringing yeah. your wonderful beer. You're welcome. Everyone should go out there and try their beer. Try their white whiskey, their their, their white dog action. And then everyone should the think... The Maplewood white whiskey is the best I've ever had. Wow. Damn. Ari nice. just probably fell out of his chair. I think that's on a label. <laughs> I think that'll be on a label. Chris Quinn. Chris, Chris Quinn. Quinn says. Christopher I, Quinn I for the beer temple. Well, gave whiskey. us five stars. I hate white whiskey. Yeah. We, uh, also we actually wanna, also don't sell it. I also want to... I wanna also, so I only kind of hate this. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I also want to pimp Mr. Bring the Jester King to Chicago, man. All right. Yeah. yeah. There you go. What's going on? Josh. Josh. Let's promote Josh as another... <laughs> yeah. As a man in in the vein of... Uh, Robin Beer Hood. Fitz. Uh, Santa Fitz. Beer Santa Fitz. Beer Jesus is what the it's beer, called. The yeah. Beer Jesus from Santa Fe arrived. Austin, Texas. Wherever that guy's from. Santa Fe. You know. Over there. You know. Josh is a good guy, and we need to say more Joshes are needed. More that's a, that's true. We need to we need to provide we, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we need to promote more. We need to promote more Josh like activity everywhere in the world. Agree. I could not agree more. I could not agree more. <laughs> Heck yeah. How about you, Mr. Balecki? Um, sure, I'll plug the Instagram account, which is at yeah. uh, Beer Aficionado. It's where I you know, take my, try to take creative pictures that kind of salute the, the breweries that I, you know, I appreciate. And uh, then also I just recently started uh, trying to write down some of these ideas and, and you know, uh, parent, partnering up with, with folks in the, in the area or, or anywhere. Who are who are in the industry and trying to write some articles on on these ways I'm trying to come up with to po- potentially use data uh, to just kind of explore the topic. So uh, I have, do have an Instagram account for that too. That's at Beer Crunchers and that's the Twitter handle as well. Oh, that's so great! You want to check me I'm out? Sign those? up for that now. Yeah. Uh, hey guys out hey, there! Hey, I'm going to interrupt um, you, Chris. <laughs> no, hold on. No, hold beer on. aficionado is the most amazing beer photo Instagram site in the universe ever. No, it's awesome. No, Guys, no. everyone should follow it. Um, you're going to see a two to three person bump I'm from excited. this show, Doug. <laughs> yeah, one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Two I'm, to just, I'm following Before, you right uh, now. I, I may forget. No. I'm, I already I'm, follow you. No. Uh, thank you uh, so much. And um, Adam, how about you? Ma- Mars Brewing. Number <laughs> yeah, one man. brewing company in the effing world. Wow. <laughs> Seriously, this Lost Lake Piranhas? Yeah, baby. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Unbelievable, man. Thanks, baby. Uh, but... I'm going to give you a hand job after this is done. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, that's what I was hoping for. Yeah. No can dump we... button needed. You don't, we, need we... no, you, don't, you don't need a dump button for that. No, that's okay. What does that mean? That's okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
So keep going with this. Sorry, so man, Mars. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, Maplewoods actually, we're opening our tap room, and hopefully in like three months. But you know how that goes when brewers start giving you dates, and they. Right. We're hoping spring. We'll say spring for our tap room. That's in Logan Square. So look out for that. Uh, we have a bunch of whiskey in barrels right now, uh, which is what Edge drink about to drink. There it is. Uh, that's Stuff's good. Man. That is the stuff that is in barrels. We aren't going to sell the whites um, unless we convince uh, Ari. Uh, mm-hmm. har- you know, five stars Master from Chris there. from Quinn. Hey, you know, and no, Adam's doing I some judge great on things. A uh, two hundred star system, <laughs> and that's at least one hundred and ninety six <laughs> stars. Yeah. Not stars. bad. Yeah, not bad. Um, so yeah, well, thank you so much for thanks coming for on, guys. Me. No, it's been a it's been a blast. Um, and thanks for the uh, the studio studio audience as well. And thanks everyone for out there for for listening, whether live or um, or you know wherever you're Podcast listening feel. to. Yeah, Podcastville. So for those of you who do listen to uh, you know on Podcastville, if you want to listen to the, the 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 raw show, the real show, you can always go to lumpinradio.com. It's Thursdays, uh, 8 o'clock Central, um, so that would be uh, 9 o'clock Eastern, and figure out wherever it is. Uh, otherwhere. Uh, otherwhere. So, it's like underwear, but, otherwear. but not quite. Otherwear. Pajamas. Yeah. Otherwear pajamas. Um, yeah. Can you tell that the, the beers are starting to have a little bit of yeah, an effect a little on bit. me? Yeah. Could be the white whiskey, this white dog. Yeah. <laughs> so, or, or the Kona King's propaganda mind control system. <laughs> <laughs> Five thousand. <laughs> it's going to be automated. So, thank you guys so much for uh, having fun with us. It's been a fun show. Thank you for bearing with us as well. Um, uh, I always say, you know, word of mouth is is the best. If you think that there's somebody who would enjoy this show as much as you do, tell them. Um, you know, one person. Just say, hey, you know, what's a show that I think you should listen to. It's the uh, it's the insiders roundtable and participate. We really do want to hear from you. We want to have more people here in the studio. We want to have more people writing in and uh, telling us how we're right or wrong or what do we think about something. I really do think that you know the the fourth tier, quote unquote, is the people who are are drinking the beer. I mean, you guys are the most important part of this thing. So thank you guys all. So. So very much, and and thanks to Lumpin Radio as well. Logan's just he's got his finger like right on the cutover button. Ready to it's go. amazing. So I'm just going to draw it out a little longer. We're only five minutes over, but uh, that's about it, guys. I I have been getting a lot of ending lines. I got one. What is it? Why don't you Why don't yeah. you take us out? So uh, so this is all from me and signing off from the inside. This is the Insider's Roundtable. Remember this is what we wanted. Remember this is what we said. To never be heard or seen from again, 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 again. Remember this is what we wanted. Remember this is what we said. To never be heard or seen from again, 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 again. Remember this is what we wanted. Remember this is what we said. Never be heard, seen from again, 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 again.